Welcome to season two of Through the Marketing Lens podcast, your go-to weekly business podcast that's fluff-free, to the point, and filled to the brim with real strategies and honest experiences that will help you in your business. We keep most episodes bite-sized because I know you're busy. I'm Katrina Aronson, your host and a marketing and business strategy coach for small business entrepreneurs. I've started and scaled my own multi-six-figure businesses before even becoming a coach. And my deepest desire is to help women to have the tools and the confidence to do whatever is on their heart and make money doing it. Let's jump into today's episode. Oh, hello there, and welcome to today's episode of Through the Marketing Lens. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're coming back, thank you so much for being here. Let's dive right in. So we hear a ton about statistics around business failures, which is really like a dismal thing. All the time, they're real. It happens every day. And I'm going to read you some stats um, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics in the U.S. It states that approximately 20% of new businesses fail during the first two years of being open. 45% during the first five years of being open. So about half of businesses are going to fail within the first five years. 65% fail during the first 10 years. And only about 25% of businesses make it to 15 years or more. Obviously, the reasons why these businesses fail or close are varied. And these stats haven't really changed that much over time, which is really interesting because of how much online business has really taken off. It's been fairly consistent since the 1990s. So if we're to talk about why businesses actually fail, which is really important to understand as a business owner, what we come back to is actually one common denominator. And this is incredible because although people state various things, it can all be brought back to one place. So most businesses actually fail because they don't know how to scale their business. So some of them, some of the people that are surveyed that their businesses failed, they will say that they ran out of money or they burned out or they couldn't keep up with demand because they were growing too fast. So maybe there was labor issues. Um, Funny enough, these are all symptoms of the same problem. And that is that the businesses didn't scale effectively. So we're going to talk about what that even means. So don't worry if you don't know what scaling is. Um, It's kind of a buzzword that people use all the time, but a lot of people don't even know what it is. So the difference between growing and scaling is the first thing I'm going to talk about. Growing a business, uh, we all know what that is, but to get down to the nitty-gritty details, it's actually when you're growing your revenue at the same speed that you're growing your costs. So that might look like another location or hiring a bunch of people. When you look at the numbers in your business you're going to see that yes, your revenue went up, but your costs went up at the same speed or relatively close. So that means that the profit is pretty much the same as before you grew, right? So 
Um, maybe you brought on three new teammates and you're bringing in all this new revenue, but you're essentially paying all those new teammates with that new revenue. So you're walking away with the same amount of money as when it was just you and one VA. So obviously not ideal. And now let's talk about scaling and what that is, because these are not the same thing. So scaling is actually being able to grow your revenue faster and increase your costs at a way lower rate. So the key difference between growth and scaling is by um, is achieved by increasing revenue without incurring significant costs. So while adding customers and revenue exponentially, costs while scaling should only increase incrementally, if at all. Depends on when you are scaling within your business. So there are ways to actually increase your revenue without increasing your costs or very, very nominally. So look, when you're first starting out your business, there isn't really much choice because you're going to have to invest in all the things. If it's just you and a computer, you're going to need to buy the systems. You might need to hire someone. It's going to cost you no matter what. And so it's not really at that very, very beginning stage. But once you are a bit more established and you have the basics covered, then scaling becomes something that is an option because you have those basic tools already within your business. So how can we do this in your business? I'm going to walk through a couple of things and then I'm actually going to give you five tips on how you can scale within your business, things that you can actually look at within your business to optimize your revenue and lower your costs. So investing in technology is something that is super helpful and will create more revenue. So for example, let's say, and this happened definitely in the beginning of my business too, when you would go back and forth over email, trying to book a consultation or even like a collaboration call both of those are not necessarily revenue driving because a, a consultation is probably something that is free. So it's taking up your time um, because you're going back and forth over email. Sometimes like you can't figure out a date right away. So you even lose the email. And so how do we rectify that? You can actually send them a link to your calendar, to your calendar booking system, which will give them access to your calendar, they book in, and then there's reminder emails that are automatically going to send to them. So that's going to cut down your no-show rate. So this simple tool increases sales simply by reducing no-show rates. So more sales calls equals more sales, and it increases your efficiency. So you're not wasting like an hour going back and forth with this person Um, and you're able to use that hour more wisely. So by investing, let's call it $15 a month or so, you are increasing your sales. And of course, this depends on how much you charge for your services. But this is a nominal cost for revenue increase that could be rather large. 
So that is one example of scaling. So there's many systems that you can do this with, but this is a really good example and definitely something that I have changed in my business. um, And I saw a really big shift for my business. Uh, Smart outsourcing is another thing. So let's say that you run a marketing agency and you charge $500 a month for email copy services. And... um, that's going to obviously take you a lot of time to create the emails. There's a whole process that you're going to have to um, have with them in the beginning. If you can outsource that to someone who you really trust, so this would definitely take some expertise in terms of hiring, and they only charge $300 to do the same service, you would now profit $200 and get your time back, which you can use to um, create more sales um, you can use in revenue producing activities. Okay. So that is what scaling looks like when we're talking about outsourcing. That's a really powerful thing. So you can see that with scaling, it really is about being smart and, and knowing a lot of things, being able to make smart hiring decisions. How do you do that? Being able to get the Um, the systems that will really work within your business. How do you do that? How do you know which ones those are? So instead of planning to just increase your revenue and not thinking about all of the things that go into this, you do need to seriously sit down and think about what makes the most sense to actually decrease your costs, but also um, make sure that you're saving your time and really getting access to that knowledge is super important. Scaling is not something that is easy. It takes a lot of savvy and frankly, it takes a lot of work to do it well. Um, so like if you're outsourcing with labor, sometimes people quit or maybe the caliber of work that they showed you is not what they're producing. So being measured about a plan and not being completely beholden to any one person is really important too because you're going to have to take on that labor if they're not doing a good job. Um, And then it's all of your time. So if you're stretched too thin, then that's going to go into that growth mode. So that's where burnout happens. So here are five tips. I know I just gave you a couple of tips, but we're going to go into five more tips for you to shift from growth to scaling. So these are five things that I really thought about with my own business over the last few years. What have we really dug into that was the most effective? Okay, wait, before we move on, I want to ask you to do two things for me today. Subscribe to this podcast. And if you like what you hear, rate us wherever you listen. We appreciate your five-star reviews so much. I read each one and I could not be more grateful for you. So make sure you have, if you're not driving, a pen and paper so you can write these things down and go back to and really assess within your own business. Number one is look at everywhere that you are currently spending. So what are your major costs? And from there, where can you be smart and reduce? So maybe there are systems that are not necessary anymore. As we grow... Um, we tend to have systems that can feel a bit redundant 
And um, maybe you don't need both of the systems anymore. So it's time for you to migrate all the way to one system. So you're not paying $300, $400 a year to use system A, which you don't need anymore. Uh, Maybe people. So this happens as you get better at what it is that you do. Maybe you can be smarter about your labor costs. And sometimes that does mean... um, not working with certain freelancers anymore and kind of up-leveling. Maybe that means it's time to hire someone else that would be able to do things more efficiently than someone else. So it's really about like, where can you cut your costs on what you are spending, but also be really smart with what this looks like. Number two, focus on one thing at a time and solidify it. What I have done in the past and what I see a lot of people doing in the past is that you stretch yourself so thin because what you're trying to do is just like create that revenue really, really fast. And what happens when you don't do it that way is that your processes get really, really good. So if you're focusing on one thing at a time, you're going to get really good at that one thing. And you're going to be able to create a process around it. You're going to be able to hire or outsource for that and then train really well for that one thing. And if you can't, if you don't have the time to hire and train really well, you're always going to have to check in on it, make sure they're doing their work properly. Frankly, you're probably going to just do it anyway, which is definitely something I've been guilty of, right? Because you feel like, oh, it's just going to take so much time. But that feeling comes from you being stretched so thin. So that's focus on one thing at a time and solidify it. Solidify the process, solidify what you want the outcome to be, all of that. Number three is focus on customer retention. I cannot stress this one enough. It is so much less expensive as a business owner to keep current clients who are already working with you um, than it is for you to get a new client. It's a lot harder and a lot more expensive for you to get a new client. So how are you making sure that customers purchase from you again? Do you even have any thoughts around that? This is a way, I keep going back to the expense, but it's a way less expensive venture in your marketing then new client acquisition. Um, and you may or may not have assessed that before, but you can do this simply by keeping in touch. You can do this by email strategy. Like There's so many ways for you to keep clients. It really depends on what it is that you do and what your price points are. Um, but staying in front of them is one really simple, basic way. Number four is focusing on your marketing, but doing it really smart. You do not need to be everywhere. You need to be in the places that make sense for your strategy. So your marketing is the lever that you can pull and really control your costs in this digital world that we live in now, right? Didn't used to be this way. We, we weren't able to really analyze like where we were spending all of our marketing dollars and what, what our return on investment actually was. But in the digital world, we really can do that and see, you know, if you're running Facebook ads, what kind of return are you getting on that? If you're living currently on, you know, I just get a ton of referrals, 
that is a really unpredictable place to be. And you can be really smart with your investments in your marketing and get really big returns. That's a great way for you to scale. Spending all of your time on social media is not a smart investment simply because of the opportunity cost. And what that means is you could just be doing other things with your time other than being on social media, which you don't even know what the return is going to be if you're just like posting a bunch of content. So creating a content marketing strategy that you can stick to, for example, and really focusing your energy on building an email list from that content strategy um, because you're going to get a way bigger ROI, return on investment from your email marketing than you will with social media. Now, I'm just I'm talking about a basic strategy on social media. There are definitely ways to get a good return on social media, but we know that email marketing which costs very lo- very little is a really strong way for you to get conversions. So, actually taking the time to devise a real plan instead of winging all of your marketing is going to be a way for you to control costs and also make decisions uh, from a place of knowledge on where to cut your costs because you're going to be able to analyze that. And then number five is where are you actually missing out on your revenue? So looking at your business and maybe everything that you've created at this point, is there a service or a product that people have been asking you for? Or is there a way that you could sell an asset that would not require a ton of time from you? So for example, maybe you already have a digital product that you could sell um, that you just haven't gotten to yet, or it exists, but you don't have a sales page for it, right? Just kind of like sitting there, but you know that it would be something that would be easy for you to put out there and it would just be passive revenue for you. So spending a little bit of time there to do the things to get those things in order and then marketing them um, would be a great way for you to spend your time because this isn't going to take a ton of time from you, right? So that's really important. I don't want you doing something that's going to take a ton of time. This is about something that already exists or people have been asking for it. I will tell you from the product sense, um, when I owned a boutique, one of the things that we did is we created um, baskets, right? So we already had the products, but we were able to create baskets so that people could just come in and purchase these baskets. And um, the reason that was great is because they would want gifts, right? But it allowed them to spend actually more money than they would have spent because it was the convenience factor. And on the service side, um, as a business coach, or really in any um, service-based industry, if you have a um, intellectual asset that you've given away, even if it's for free, you could turn it into a paid product and sell it somewhere. So those are just basic ways that you could um, create revenue within your business without taking a ton of time. Okay. So honestly, scaling is the word that you've heard a million times, but it's the not so secret sauce. That's the difference between mild success and wild success. So if you are on a growth path, you might be nodding like, yes, I've been growing and my revenue has been growing, but oh my God, my costs are so high. It is time to rethink it. And I talk a lot about using marketing as a scaling tool, 
because if you've been with me for a while, you know that I'm obsessed with the fact that marketing is something that we can control and getting in front of more people and really amplifying how many eyeballs are getting on to or getting your message is an incredible way for you to scale your business. We spend within our business a really low number on marketing because we've tested and tweaked and already spent during our growth phase. So now we know how much we can spend and what kind of return we want to see for that. Because obviously you don't want to spend $100 on marketing to only get $100 in sales. There needs to be a um, actual strategy behind that. And you can do that with marketing so that you know, if I'm spending 100 this is what I want to be getting. And how am I going to do that? Okay. So um, I hope that this was helpful and eye-opening for you to really understand the difference between scaling and growing and why you need to focus on scaling. Thank you so, so much for trusting me with your very precious time. I know you're busy and I hope this is a very good use of your time. Please share this episode with anyone that it might help or inspire. That's literally how this podcast grows because you share it. So I can. T- I hope you continue to shift your perspective and grow both personally and professionally. I am honored to be part of your journey with all things business, life, mindset, and seeing it through the marketing lens. I will see you here next Tuesday for a brand new episode. Okay, wait, before we move on, I want to ask you to do two things for me today. Subscribe to this podcast. And if you like what you hear, rate us wherever you listen. We appreciate your five-star reviews so much. I read each one and I could not be more grateful for you.